Welcome to another edition of the Oscar Central Podcast. My name is Jacob and I am your host. Uh, today we are going to go over TIFF. Um, three of us were at TIFF, two of us sadly were not, um, but maybe next year, we're fingers crossing. Um, we're going to go over TIFF, uh, we're going to talk about the People's Choice Awards, um, some of the other little awards, give our top three, bottom three, and then we'll let um, Kenzie and Jillian talk about what they are excited for, um, which starting off, Jillian, how are you? I see you finally paid your internet bill. Yes, I do not like Spectrum. Um, oh no, hate hate Spectrum. Okay, now, if you would have told me you had Spectrum, I would have understood <laughs> yeah. all of your Wi-Fi problems. Yeah, uh, which is why I'm sitting in my entryway instead <laughs> of my desk, which is all, it's all good. Um, I'm doing good. Just been busy with work, which is always fun. Um, but things are good. Happy to be back to be part of the discussion to hear everyone's thoughts on TIFF as I followed along on the internet and not there, but excited. Yeah. Uh, Kinsey, how are you? Um, you know, I've been better. I am looking forward to my movie week this week because I just I there are no words for the movie I saw last week but <laughs> you know Mia Goth is going to break into the Oscar race somehow I'll make it happen so other than that not much going on for me excited that everyone is like back and here um it was really lonesome not being a tiff and being a little American you say that like I was not giving you minute by minute updates <laughs> literally did you when, not feel there <laughs> when y'all would be like either out drinking and it would turn into like I cannot hold my phone and continue at the pace I'm going at <laughs> like you'd all be in a movie I'd be like damn I I don't know what to do like <laughs> I feel like I don't know what to do <laughs> but you know like Adriano's daily selfies did really make me feel like I was there um, I will cherish them forever until next year when we get round two. I <laughs> they should p- plaster them like the Wii posters. Yes. yes. Like you should get a contract with Tim Hortons. <laughs> Just uh, you're the spokesperson for I should get checked in that for sure. You should. Yep. Um, and I will go to Nicole because someone didn't have to do a lot of traveling today. How was your day? How was all of your your trips and everything. How are your roommates? Uh, my roommates, well, one of them was great and the other one sucked. Um, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> Got him. Um, oh my God. I like Let's that everyone knew what I meant. Like, yeah, right. As so <laughs> Eric could think that I didn't love him playing dad to both of us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, TIFF was great. It was exhausting. Um, coming back and going straight back into working class was also exhausting. I had the travel day from hell uh, this past Wednesday. Um, we love when Air Canada just cancels your flight an hour beforehand. Um, Sounds about right. But yeah, I was like, great. So it's safe um, to say that we'll get Tim Hortons as a sponsor, which is hilarious because only one of us lives near a Tim Hortons. Yeah. And then um, Air Canada and Spectrum will not be sponsoring. Not be sponsoring that. us, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I'm working I'm working on that Peroni sponsorship though. Stay tuned. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I've been good other than la- the like three hours last night I spent watching Blonde. 
<laughs> but I'm glad that I did because it meant that I got to help edit Kenzie's review, which definitely everyone keep an eye out for that because it is a better work of art than the movie is. That's for sure. Um, yeah, no, Kenzie's review is actually like a masterpiece. So get excited for that. But I'm I'm good. I'm starting to settle back in, but I feel like I'm still in recovery. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. Um, Adriano, how has it been for you? How was the uh, actual award ceremony and everything like that? Uh, the actual award ceremony was like, it was cool to be there in person and all that, but it was like, you know, it, it, that's fine, whatever. <laughs> the, the general vibe around uh, the room was when um, Failman's won. The, the general vibe was like, yeah, yeah, that adds up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I assumed. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I had a horrid morning, but I got on this tiny little cargo plane that was the smallest thing I've ever seen. And even my mom texted me and she said, that was the plane you rode on. Um, so, yeah, so I had a super fun day, but I'm back. I'm here. Um, Reunited with that fan. Yep. Oh, yeah. My fan right <laughs> up here. Um, and I'm ready. Um, so getting into it, uh, I will go to Jillian and Kinsey because I know that the answer from everyone else is going to be a definitive yes. Um, did you guys see anything this week that had Oscars potential or uh, anything like, or what did you see this uh, this week? I'll start with Kenzie. Um, so I actually saw a lot this week, like so much came out, but I had some, you know, scheduling program problems. Um, I saw Pearl which I immediately wish I could see again. I think it is not as strong as X, but it's just so good. And I, it, it doesn't have like, it's not going to be in the conversation, but like it should have Oscar potential. Mia Goth is incredible in it. And the score is great, but the cinematography is just so amazing. And the editing is just stunning. Um, and then I saw uh, Blonde, I it's so embarrassing it has Oscar potential it is so <laughs> embarrassing but um it does uh I'm not gonna talk about it because it doesn't work it's not worthy of speaking about honestly um but I will have a review up this week on Oscar Central that you can read that Nicole edited for me so it's very good but it does have Oscar potential I do think she'll be Ana Darmas will be in the conversation um, I feel like I'm a little lower on her performance than everybody else. I, I'm very low on it. I did not think it was good. I it, I read her. If you was, like crying and screaming, then we've yeah, got the performance I, for you. If you, love, if you love people saying daddy, just go it, watch porn. It's just, it, it's borderline. I mean, it is offensive, but I read a review. I try not to read any reviews other than just like instant social reactions because I was trying mm -hmm really hard to like give it a fair shot um but I read the novel it's based on so it was kind of hard to give it a fair shot um but I finally started reading reviews now that I finished mine and um I read a review saying that this is not an impersonation and I am begging them to explain themselves I think it was a hundred percent an impersonation and 
I don't know. Like I, I'm literally on the verge of watching Bohemian Rhapsody to see if maybe he did a better job. <laughs> there were two good performances in the movie. Well, okay, two performances that I didn't hate. I didn't hate Adrian Brody, but he also didn't do much. And whoever was her makeup artist, it's not Dennis O'Hare. Let me tell you, <laughs> he was really funny. Um, also, I but- just gotta say, I gotta say, because I did not put it in my review. What a waste of Scoot. What a waste of Scoot McNary. When I found out who Scoot McNary is because of Jacob, I, because I didn't know who he was in the movie. I mean, maybe I need like, la- like LASIK or something, but like what a waste of an amazing actor. I don't understand. I, it's embarrassing, but I do agree. Adrian Brody's really good in it, but um. I don't know. He doesn't have much to do other than yell at her that she's dumb. So yep, pretty I, much. I just I don't know. I'm it's embarrassing. But that's all I saw. I'm seeing the Woman King and see how they run and something else this week. So I'm excited that movies feel back again. I'm not a summer movie gal, so I feel like Dorit Kinsley just watching movies, enjoying life. Mm-hmm. Only Jillian got that. That's so embarrassing. Maybe like three other people will get it when they listen. <laughs> but that's it for me. Speaking of Jillian, did you see anything this week? Um, honestly, the only new movie I watched this week was Do Revenge, which I don't think is going to be in the conversation. But I also highly recommend um, if you need like a cleanse from like really intense movies. It was so fun. I watched it at work, had a great time. Um, but this week... Yeah, this week I'm planning to see, to try to see the Woman King, see how they run, and don't worry, darling, mm-hmm. um, which feels like an ambitious week, but I, I think I can do it. Um, looking forward to those. Uh, I feel like I, I, when I went to D23, I did get to see clips and full sequences of Black Panther. Oh yeah, um, talk about it. talk about D23 some, just a little bit. I know oh, you yeah. have a lot of other stuff yeah. you've got. So I saw it, Black Panther Wakanda Forever sequences and then the Avatar Way of the Water. Um, and I feel like out of all the slate that they showed us, those are probably like the two that has the most chance of competing. Um, but I will say like Black Panther, the second one, like it looks amazing. Um, I think if Disney and Marvel campaign right, like I could see Angela Bassett bringing like into the supporting actress conversation because she was just so like captivating um, from what I did see. And then just everything about that movie just looked really good. So I hope like it does full like come out as a full like masterpiece kind of picture to kind of escalate on the first one um but I will say like that one's definitely going to be in the conversation and then Avatar I did not see the first Avatar um <laughs> how old was I when I came out I think I was like nine ten like I don't think it was it was oh nine it was 2009 so, yeah. yeah I was ten did I, I see that 17 no. <laughs> um yeah but they was... showed some sequences in 3D I feel like the 3D part really like ruins it maybe but like the sequences the water the water sequences so good like after seeing that after um the little mermaid clip like I think it's gonna be amazing the story like from what I was what I was gathering I don't think the story is that strong but I definitely think that'll be a player in the visual elements I don't know about best picture um but it was like just exciting to see that and I definitely was confused because I had never seen the first one so I was sitting there trying to take well 
me trying to explain the first one to Kinsey was probably more confusing to her. Um, but yeah, so that's awesome. I'm excited to see those. Uh, and I'm excited for you guys to get to the Woman King this week, which speaking of TIFF. Um, so I'm going to start off and talk about the People's Choice. And then we can all kind of just talk about uh, what we thought, how it all shaped out and everything like that. So uh, this year for the People's Choice, the Fablemans won, which is no shock at all. Uh, Women Talking came in second as the first runner-up and Glass Onion came in third as the second runner-up. Nicole, do you want to start with any thoughts about any of these movies? Any um, thoughts about where they were placed, anything like that? Anyone that you think should be should have been placed in there that wasn't? Definitely. So first of all, I feel really good because yesterday I, on the Awards Watch podcast, told everyone that I thought that Glass Onion was getting into the three and some people were trying to tell me that it wasn't and I was right, um, mm-hmm. which is nice. I honestly think that these are all three movies that we could see get nominated for Best Picture. Um, I definitely think there's a chance for Glass Onion to get in there. I think Women Talking and The Fablemans have a very good shot. I think, you know, a lot of people are already sort of talking like The Fablemans has Best Picture sort of all sewn up already. I would caution everyone to remember that whatever is the front runner at this point in the race typically does not win. Um, if so, Belfast would have won last year. And The um, Star was Born would have won. And The Star is Born would have won. Yeah. So like, I think it's maybe not as Chicago simple as people think it is. <laughs> I'm thrilled to see that Women Talking got in there because I would really love to see it be like a real proper contender. And I definitely think that this proves that it is on its path to be, which is fantastic to see. I, I kind of wondered if we were going to get a more like surprising film sneak in there. Um you know, some years you do get like the third runner up is something that's a little bit like off the beaten path, uh, something more like, you know, I wondered if weird could make it into there. Obviously it won the Midnight Madness award. I had wondered because I heard such raves from literally everyone who saw it, if all quiet could make it in. Um, Mm -hmm. but I, I feel like the three together in particular do feel sort of a good representation of what I heard people talking about, of what of what I heard people saying, and definitely ones that were not super divisive. I feel like even people who, for the most part, who saw them and didn't love them, at least still liked them. Except for mm-hmm. Glass Onion, I didn't. I don't know anyone who saw it who didn't love it. So, no, I yeah, I absolutely agree with that, Adriano. Anything from you? Honestly, I think that they went about the most predictable route that those three, like, you know what I mean? Like, all three are pretty great movies, specifically mm-hmm. Women Talking to Glass Onion. <laughs> um, you know, I I, I mean, it, it, it adds up. Like, those three were, like, kind of, like, specifically Fableman's Glass Onion. They were, like, the big ones. And it also doesn't help that all three of them had, like, tons of screenings. And it's like, you know... Something like The Whale, which was heavily buzzed about, only had two public screenings. So, like, it not ranking isn't, like, the most shocking thing in the world. Yeah, no, I don't... Yeah, about everything I thought. It definitely does bode... I think Women Talking and Fablemans are kind of on... We're already in the right trajectory in terms of awards. Uh, whereas Glass Onion, this definitely helps, for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I'm not really... You know, I wasn't really beside myself when it was announced. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> Yeah, I think I think I, you know, speak for everyone when the Fablemans was, you know, brought to TIFF. Everyone just kind of said that's the winner, 
yeah, and it ended up winning. So, uh, but I, no, I do agree that with the Fablemans and Women Talking are two films that are already seen in the Best Picture race pretty much in a lot of places, especially for ours in the top five. Um, so I think for Glass Out to get or Glass Out Glass Onion to get that uh, third spot still keeps it in that conversation a little bit. Um, and with the fact that, you know, Netflix doesn't have all that much, uh, we'll go Jillian. Do you have any thoughts on the three? Um, I thought it was kind of like predictable, like mm-hmm. I was, was mentioned, except for Glass Onion. Um, I don't know why I thought Knives Out won this award, but I guess it did not. Um, mm-hmm. And my made up mind of history, I thought that it did, but that's surprising and exciting that it did get in um because I think like I don't know like it just seemed very like I don't know if people were trying to predict of what's going to come in the future and like the fable men's definitely is up there and women talking like I've heard really good things about women talking um and also I feel like the fable men's was very like it depends on what side you're on if you like really loved it or you're like oh this is a good Spielberg movie I'm not necessarily a fan of like recent Spielberg. So like, I'm kind of surprised that like he can just put out movies and they can like get in the conversation so easily. Um, I know people at my work who went on the agent side, like they were raving nonstop about Fablemans and Empire of Light calling them like perfect films. So I feel like it's just how you see them. Like Mm -hmm. haven't seen any of these movies yet but it just seems very predictable um and I don't know if it'll last I don't know if like the Fableman's hype will last like what are we like eight months until the Oscars like I don't see it like going all the way uh but I hope Netflix really pushes Glass Onion because like that and All Quiet are really what they have this year yeah no I absolutely agree um Kenzie anything from you um I the most shocking thing to me was women talking just because there were some men spreading clear rumors that it was divisive and not liked and that men wouldn't connect with it so it being the first runner-up is honestly so impressive especially I feel like the audience award typically goes to movies like Glass Onion or The Fablemans in a sense where they're crowd pleasers and women talking, I mean, I haven't seen it, but I've read the novel it's based on. It um, really is just, it forces you to have an uncomfortable conversation, whether that's with other people or internally looking at your own actions and how you would react to such a situation. Um, I do think there's like been a history of movies like that winning this award, like 12 Years a Slave or... um, Slumdog Millionaire, in a sense, it's kind of like a mixture of a crowd pleaser and forcing you to have a conversation. But um, The Fablemans, I feel like everyone kind of assumed it the second it was announced. Mm -hmm. And then we were just like, that just means Glass Onion. It's just like one of the runner-ups because like it's getting in that ensemble. But I, I mean, Adriano texted in our group chat that like a lot of this had to do with how many screenings were available. And I think that played such a huge role in women talking getting in that they really knew it needed to be seen and to be widely seen. And I really hope, like Jillian said, that Netflix pays attention to not only this with Glass Onion getting in, but with All Quiet, 
that those are the movies they need to focus on. And they need to focus on All Quiet being, I think they put all their eggs in the basket with Bardo, thinking Bardo was going to be their international feature that broke through into director, broke through into picture, got something in like other above the line categories. And I think like they should shift. I'm not sure if they are, but they should shift their conversation to All Quiet because that is not only getting pretty much universal praise, but universal like, this is the best movie I saw at whatever festival they saw it at. Mm-hmm. And that is just so impressive. But I think the Fablemans is going to stay in the conversation and it's going to stay in the top two, top three contenders all season. Not because it's just Steven Spielberg and not just because of that it's one of those autobiographical kind of director projects, but because there are so many people attached that not only pundits but like just people who like movies like they are blown away that Michelle Williams doesn't have an Oscar they are blown away that Tony Kushner doesn't have an Oscar Paul Dano doesn't even have a nomination these are all things that are going to help push the movie further and so the audience winning this award really like just furthers that narrative to me but Jacob described this movie and it does not sound like my thing so I'm very sorry I'm, I'm gonna go into it expecting to love it because I am a the post defender I am a late Spielberg defender. I think I think it's one of those things that like I think you will appreciate it for what it is because there's so many scenes of like like there's so many scenes pulled straight from like Spielberg's old home videos where he like does little tips and tricks to try to um to alter the camera and create flashes and create it's it's really fun in that aspect i love the movie but yeah no i i agree i'm I in don't the think same it, boat it's right up your alley and if you're like me um i love that kind of stuff and watching the hbo documentary about spielberg has a lot of that footage in it so i'm excited to see that recreated by him mm-hmm. in a movie also i was just gonna say also the fablemans has a good child performance which was hard to come by at tiff for a lot of oscar hopeful films yeah <laughs> all of the trial performances in the non-oscary movies were better than the ones in the oscar films yeah after sun cough cough um, <laughs> hey we're not saying that's not an oscar movie just yet it's making uh, its rounds <laughs> okay we're, we're not enjoy your delusion <laughs> hey we'll let him have it. Nicole, Nicole, let's let him have this you're right you're right so, he's had a bad day we'll let him have it <laughs> so just because I wanted to talk about this movie, um, weird and honestly in less shocking fashion than the Fablemans, I genuinely believe this is less shocking. Uh, weird won the Midnight Madness Award. Um, I know all three of us saw it. Uh, I'll start with Nicole. What did, what were your thoughts about Weird? I loved Weird so much more than I even thought I would. I'm not like a huge weird Al fan or anything like I was kind of familiar with his work but I am a huge Daniel Radcliffe fan partially because that guy commits 110% to everything he does and I in this like situation it works so well the movie is exactly the sort of like biopic you would want about Weird Al in the same way that Rocket Man is the right movie for Elton John like it just aesthetically matches him it sort of matches him in its like ethos the way that it's like a parody of a biopic is so funny to me. Um, and Dan is great. 
the whole film is great but also like shout out to evan rachel wood as madonna like yeah. i don't need the madonna movie anymore because i already have evan rachel wood's madonna and that's eric all I and i are gonna join forces to come back at you about that, that i'm line. just saying but- here you know my thing is i'd like a whole madonna movie with evan rachel wood okay like, especially I, the character path that that, that this version yes. of madonna goes <laughs> yeah I, i'm, so I'm not mistaken it's like fictional like yeah, her. Very, oh yeah dude it's, oh, a, yeah. it's a lot it's, but it's, i i want her to it's play more the real fictional madonna. than you could think I I I love that. Also, I love her. So I love I'm also that. admittedly biased because she's from Raleigh. <laughs> she's love a hometown. Her, but yeah, no, the film was so fun. It also was like the perfect Midnight Madness movie. It's the kind of thing that even though I was so exhausted, I it did not feel like 2 a.m. whenever it ended. I was like, let's go, let's watch it again. Yeah. Uh Adriana, what about you? I fucking loved Weird. I loved it so much. I'm a huge, I, I, I've been very vocal about this. I'm a massive fan of uh, the John C. Riley movie, Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, which is like a very similarly like, you know, just a musical biopic parody. And that's kind of what kneecapped musical biopics for a while. Uh, and Weird Al, I was just like, I, I, I wanted the movie like that for such a long time. And then when I found out they're making a Weird Al biopic, I'm like, oh my God, please. Please, please be that please be that because that just it adds up so much and the the length of this movie goes to because it's because like it, for the longest time it is a beat by beat parody and it was super funny but then it goes off the rails and i just i was like i was having the best time of my entire life and i i i, I i'm not the biggest weird al fan i like him i think he he some of his music is funny but i'm not like the biggest fan in this movie i and ever since i saw this movie i'm just like i'm just like more interested in weird al (laughs) i was looking at his like tour dates (laughs) (laughs) honestly i i I was looking up accordions i'm I'm not interested how that please just just don't don't tell your parents that's nothing the could be best endorsement of movies like this is I'm not a fan of them, but okay. I love this movie so much. But and I'm about like, to buy an accordion. <laughs> but I'm about to buy an accordion. But I I just want to say, <laughs> like, I was not interested in this movie whatsoever until Daniel Radcliffe was confirmed as the lead because he is kind of similar in Robert Pattinson in a way that like he has his franchise money he just does what he wants and I'm like he's not doing anything that's a waste of his time and it's Mm -hmm. so exciting to hear like years later now that this is finally done because COVID just like ruined lives um in the movie in real life I'm sorry that was very well worded but like (laughs) keep it in (laughs) we'll keep it in I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry um but it's just so cool like that it all really came together in a way that like weird owl fans non-weird owl fans all came together to appreciate it i just love it and i love a good like fun midnight movie because i feel like sometimes there's some that open and they kind of fall flat so like that first initial night when everyone was like this is the funnest thing i've ever been to oh my god like it's just so cool yeah. As someone not there. No, we had uh, Jason Reitman was sitting down the down the road from us, and he was losing it. Um, it just it's from the beginning. It's like a cameo filled, like just fest. There's like there's a scene where they talked about in the Q and A after that they pulled straight from Boogie Nights. So it's like they not only like know exactly do a whole bunch of stuff. They like 
<laughs> it's so it's so it's straight from Boogie Nights, and then they just bring in so many cameos, and m- there might be genuinely one of the best cameos I've ever seen in my entire life. Like I, I think about it, and I want to talk about it to people, but I I just can't. Yeah. Um, but it is like the funniest thing I've ever seen. Oh, it just it cracked me up. It's 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 a scene that like really replicates. Uh, the walk hard scene where they meet the Beatles and like everyone explains who they are because no one looks like who they are uh, except it does that like you know tenfold um, but no I, I love weird I just wanted to talk about it for a second um, getting into the actual recap personally uh, I'll start with Adriano since you're on my screen right now um, what were your top three from TIFF and um, Nicole, if he says one of your top three, you have to pick a different one. Okay, I don't think he will, but okay. Uh, well, I'll just start off with and my you, number you can You can talk about your top three as well. Um, I'll start off with my number three, and I'm going with All Quiet on the Western Front. Okay. I was just, I just, like, I went in with, like, decent expectations. I wasn't expecting, like, I was expecting a good movie, of course. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't expecting anything mind-blowing, and then I got something fucking mind-blowing. I, um, it was just, like, such a well-crafted, like, adrenaline kick of a movie. And it's, like, we're going to criticize the film The Greatest Beer Run for being simplistic in its war-is-bad message. And and to be fair, All Quiet on the Western Front kind of has the same message, but it's done in a much better and much grittier and much just more intense kind of way that it's like, I remember like watching and thinking like, this should just win all the Oscars right here. Yes. Also like the novel all quiet essentially invented the war is bad narrative. Like it's so great to see a novel like this get adapted so well. And also just the fact that it's a German film being adapted from a German novel and to see World War One from a German perspective, I think is so freaking interesting. It's, that, yeah. Oh no, I was just gonna say like that was my thing is seeing it because this was this was my number two movie of uh, Tiff, um, and seeing seeing just the crafts top to bottom, um, and seeing some of the scenes that have some of the most brutal war scenes i've ever seen in my entire life like stuff that like is just horror filled and then kind of the fact that like everything that they go through is all for a loss and it's it's just one of those things that's like it's rough it's one of those rough uh, rough watches but it's it's so powerful and so exciting i loved it so much like i said it's my number two is it on yours nickel it's actually not in my top three, but I also think I was in a different situation than most people going into it in that it was like one of my most anticipated films of the festival, whereas everyone else was surprised by it. I was just going to say two things that Adriana was like the first person I know of in general, not just on our website, that had all quiet in other places other than international feature. Um, he had it in, I think, sound and makeup like weeks mm-hmm. ago. Oh, uh, then- yeah. Yeah, and then um, so I'm like, I'm like, what did Adriano know that we didn't know? Um, (laughs) But Nicole was like the only person I know that was like, this is one of my most anticipated like to see. Like everyone 
everyone else was like, yeah, I'm going to see it. But no one else, like Nicole was like, this is like one of my top tier. Everyone else was like, the Fablemans. And she's like, I got to see All Quiet. <laughs> so like it not being in Nicole's top three makes sense to me because like she just knew. Like I she knew. knew. She knew. <laughs> Yeah. I remember I, watching yeah. the 1930s version, so I'm really interested to see how like they compare from like um, like an American making the film versus like a German making the film. So I'm like happy it's that also, it's happening their resurgence. It's very much to a like oh yeah we have a lot bigger better war film technology than they did. Yeah, then. it's the like all of the the production design and the um, special effects and everything on it are just stunning. I, I want to know the budget so bad. Eric and I, Eric, me, Eric, and Kevin sat down for like maybe an hour and we were scouring the internet trying to find the budget because it is like, it is truly really remarkable. It's like, it's, it's unbelievable like what they accomplished in some of those scenes that cause, that have like massive and expansive like war fields. And it's, it's like, it, it is just, unbelievable what they accomplished oh, I, I had i had avoided the trailer like at all costs because i kind of avoided the dunkirk trailer until um arclight forced it on me um but seeing the trailer in a theater for the first time was like obviously the ideal setting to mm-hmm. be forced to watch this trailer but i was like it makes me so sad it's just gonna straight up only be in netflix theaters because like go into oh no this needs to be yes this needs to be like imax like massive i would kill to see this in dolby and i know that's a weird thing to say about an anti-war film but still although i will say (laughs) we're just firing off things you're not supposed to say i'm really sorry we're actually the most liberal people you'll ever meet i'm very sorry fourth podcast of the weekend i'm dead (laughs) y'all i will say that sound design though in an imax would probably like blow the speakers the score in an IMAX actually yes, might break me. The score me. is okay. so yes. sick. Can like, we just yeah. spend a second on the score? Because the way it's been hours the, on the score. This is the way everyone treats about the score. I've never heard anything like it. I'm like, so <laughs> what was it like? So what was it like? Everyone's like, so, you know what? You're okay. just gonna hear it. Here's the most bare bottom, bare minimum of how I can describe it. Imagine a guy given an electric guitar and he's just like, all right, go off. And like a snare drum. Yeah. No, but like they they do that. They do that and they're like, okay, I'm going to play a piano, a very soft piano melody. And then every like five minutes, just absolutely. <sighs> it's it's so the sick. way that it like simulates the sounds of battle mm-hmm. is what makes it, I think, so incredible partially. that The yeah, way that yeah. like the score is working with the sound design is insane. Yeah, I, I I definitely moved it up in a lot of mine. I have it at six right now for a director, but I, I think if Netflix is smart, um, it could go even higher. Um, Adriana, what is your number two? Um, number two should come as a surprise to nobody. It's The Whale. Wait, two? <laughs> yeah, number two. <laughs> yeah, I'm shook. I'm so oh, no, that, Wait, okay. it is coming out? Wait, some, wait, hold on. Some it people don't follow... Adriana on Twitter um, because I screamed when I saw it's number one. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, number two. So yeah, now people know I've been on the Bren Fraser train since uh, my entire life, um, and uh, I was first of all I was inches away from getting a photo with him, inches away. But then he had to leave right as he was close. So 
but it's Brendan Fraser, so I forgive him. Um, and thank, and also while we're at it, that performance in the whale is truly like, like I'm, I'm, I'm trying my best to keep biases out of the way, but I genuinely think that that is the best performance I've seen since Anthony Hopkins and the Father. Yes, he is truly I, remarkable. And, I was telling, uh, I was telling people, I like am just as confident in this as I was in Will Smith winning for King Richard. Like it's, I think, I think I'm. I'm I was. I'm. Time. With how weak the weight the race is, it's is like there, is there a former nominee who had a movie from a former winner of a former winner just described that just like did not play well with the child? You actor? lost me. Yeah. You oh, lost me. I see. Oh. I see. No, we'll talk I about see. that next. <laughs> I did he clear I... the way? <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. oh, oh, yeah, no, no, no. I that think helps. too that. You know, the thing about Brennan Fraser and this Oscar is that he has both the most like transcendent performance you will see all year. It is actually very similar in many ways to Anthony Hopkins and the father. And he has the narrative. Yeah. So like he's got both halves of the equation. I really, I hate to like jinx it, but like I don't even see a challenger for him. Yeah. Like it's his. Engrave it now. Because uh, then, even if something comes up and surprises like early, I feel like all those kind of movies are former winners mm-hmm. that don't mm-hmm. have a narrative. So yeah. there's nothing in his way. And well, like is- Austin Butler helps Brendan because Austin yeah. Butler yes. has no narrative. Like mm-hmm. so, Brendan Fraser and him should just join forces and like uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, for and like to add on to that, like I'm not kidding. Like they um the general vibe around when the movie ended, I was at the premiere and the general vibe was literally like, as they were naming the, uh, the cast, the general vibe was like, let's wait till they say Brendan. And we all applauded. Say, sink, you know, Ty Simpkins, all that shit. Brendan Fraser comes up. I'm not joking. Five minutes standing ovation for that guy. And to the point where the moderator had to be like, all right, guys, please sit down, please. We need to get this going. <laughs> like, yeah, no, genuinely remarkable, but all like, and, but, and, that performance alone is enough, but also the movie is just such a just a gut punch of a mm-hmm. just just this powerhouse like drama that like you know it's like it a lot of things shouldn't have worked. It takes place in one one place, and it's like it just it's so just electric and just so like captivating to watch. It is truly amazing, and as, it, as, I expect I expect a lot of trophies going this way. As Not confident. Even, um, as confident as I am in Brendan, I'm also equally as confident in the makeup. I don't think anything oh, is going yeah. to even challenge it this year. No way. I, no way. The shower uh, told, scene? Yes. Okay, because Lord so me. I had told you all my friends saw it before it even premiered at Venice that he told me it's the best makeup he's ever seen. And he didn't tell me what until after Tiff because someone tweeted about the shower scene. But yep. he was like, I'm telling you the shower scene. He was like, my jaw was on the floor. The makeup is so good. Same. And I'm just like, that is just, and I'm wondering, like, we have that stat lately of lead actresses and makeup win. Like, what if this year it's just lead actor and makeup? Because oh, that yeah. makes like mm-hmm. total sense. I, I'm re- I really think that's just what's going to happen. Yep. I will say I'm a little bit lower on the film than a lo- some people are. Um, I have some issues with it and I do just want to say for anyone listening who is planning on seeing it a bit of a trigger warning um if you have or have had an eating disorder I think that the movie could be triggering for you 
Um, it's a difficult watch and the way that they film him at times does feel a little bit, I don't know. I don't think it's, it's like not degrading, but it's in that direction. So I do think that that's something to consider. Um, yeah. Uh, Adriana, what about your number one? Bros. Incredible. I I loved Bros so much. It was just one of those movies where I'm like, oh, I'm not like, and I'm like, I'm a straight dude, but like, that's just one of those movies where I'm like, that was made for me specifically. Yeah. I know, which is very weird to say and probably not the best thing to say, but um, it just, I just, I just love like a nice rom com with, um, with some of the hardest like joke like the hardest laughs i've had in a very 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 long time and i saw mm-hmm. weird al hours before i saw bros mm-hmm. um uh it was just so and it, it was both very funny but it was such a very like just tender kind of film like like there's it's you know it, it's mass and some cynicism sure but like it's just it, there's such a genuine like heart at, at the center of this all that i just was so in love with and the cast is all great. Uh, Billy Eichner and Luke McFarlane are both like, excellent in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so it's so well written. It has some of the like there were moments where I'm like I need to watch it again because there were several punchlines that I missed because there was so much. Oh, there's several punchlines that I missed too. Shout out Eric for inv- involving me in why I missed them. <laughs> um, I'm so mad that I missed seeing it. I can't wait to see it, it whenever it comes out. Do you because so Adriano was. I've said this before. It was one of the first people I know to put it in his screenplay predictions. The way you're describing it is very similar to the way I feel like a lot of people describe Bridesmaids and the fact that it's very raunchy, but it has like this core heart in the center of it. Like, Mm -hmm. so for Bridesmaids, it was like the central friendship that was like the um, like beating heart of the script that really like made people connect to it. Is it a real, like, straight up like a rom-com where it's like the central relationship is the heart of the film or is it like his sense of community a bit of both yeah i'd say i'd say a bit of both it might work even more so then because like if you bridesmaids it was like straight up like you could really connect to it if you had like a really close-knit friend or friend group with like new friends entering but like something where it's like not only like a central relationship rom-com, but like a sense of like your friends and the larger community you play into, like that could work even more for like a so like a, a solo screen nom. That would be yeah. really cool. Also, I just have to say I want the Billy Eichner versus Weird Al um best original song Oscar. And Charlie XCX is the second time today that you've left off. The queen of pop, Charlie XCX. <laughs> I can't wait for anyone to listen to that and be like, what happened to Lady Gaga? But that's not the point. <laughs> Charlie XCX put out a good song this year. Uh, we're talking about Shawn Mendes, who's actually going to win best song. Okay, oh, wait. Yeah. I did we, not we realize. about the Shawn Mendes award. Yeah, okay. Oh my that's God. what I was going to say. I was looking up the press release to write up the piece on Oscar Central about all the TIFF awards. And I was like, what is the Shawn Mendes Foundation Award? Yeah, that was a, that was the same vibe in the room as well. It's like, the what award? <laughs> the what? I mean, all I right, guess we'll shout play, out we'll, to him for using his money that way. But yeah. Lyle, Lyle, okay. Crocodile is about to take over the world. Going to make a trillion dollars. 
Just gotta yeah. box um, the theaters are gonna be saved. Top oh Gun God. who? I'm just I'm glad that that didn't play there. Um, what? Nicole, my one flaw with Tiff. <laughs> what about what about your top three? Okay, so my number three. Um, and my number one and my number three kind of match. They've got they've got a lot of themes and, and okay. I know exactly what they are. I'm yeah. I'm interested which one will be. You which. also know because you've seen my letterbox list. But um, no, actually, I I didn't look before it. I didn't look at anyone's before this. I that's a be lie surprised. because you called me out on something on mine. But well, yeah, I looked days ago, but I forget. <laughs> um. So my number three is the wonder. Okay. which uh, is the Florence Pugh Superior Film of the Year. Um, <laughs> it is a really atmospheric, fascinating movie uh, set in Ireland that sort of deals with religious fervor and the way that people misuse religion, which I found really interesting. It also has one of the best child performances, I think, of the whole year. Uh, Florence is incredible in it. The costuming and the production design are incredible in it. Also, I am, you know, kind of a sucker for anything with Irish accents. Um, but it's it's got some very beautifully shot scenes. Like the laudanum sequences are incredible. But I'm just very interested in the way that it sort of um, represents this sort of science versus religion, England versus Ireland ideas of this time period don't forget um, to uh to say who did the cinematography Ari oh wagner. is it ari wagner yeah yeah um i, I was like i kind that. of remember mm-hmm. seeing that through my tears at the end of the movie yes. <laughs> oh my gosh she it is was... a perfect cinematographer for this yep. story wow and it's what a gorgeous. director and cinematographer wow yeah wow it's so lovely it was also my last film at the festival um, so it was a, a bittersweet moment. Um, and then my number two. Oh, wait, wait, before. Okay. Uh, just to talk about the wonder. I, it's oh yeah. My, sorry. I forgot that you also saw it. Top three. Um, but yeah, I have to say maybe one of my favorite, like beginnings and ends to the movie. So cool. I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it, but it like, it's this idea of like, fake reality that people perceive to be real and and the ideas that like this... the lengths that people took to like believe something is real even though it's like obviously fake it's it is like even if you don't want to watch the movie watch the first like five minutes and then watch, watch the, the last five well yeah watch no the movie, but, but the fact that like the way that the beginning and the end play because they also are sort of like hammering home this idea of performance mm-hmm. which i think then lends itself really well to what we're seeing throughout the movie is this performance of faith and it's like performance of a miracle so i think it like all ties in thematically so well rather than just being like a gimmick mm-hmm. um yeah i was just really blown away by this movie and i feel yep. like it got a kind of muted reception out of telluride so i was really excited that like i loved it yeah, absolutely. Funny. All the female critics I know that thought I tell you where I loved it, but all yeah. the male critics were kind of like, "It's fine," which I is disappointing it. because, well, I think out of TIFF, a lot yeah. more yeah. male critics yeah. were really like receptive to it. But I feel like Sebastian is just like the perfect because I read the book, but mm-hmm. I feel like he is the perfect director for it because I feel like he is yeah. so great at expressing like internal feelings and thoughts without like using dialogue which a lot of novel adaptations suffer from 
yep. because like you can't express the internal thoughts of someone like without using dialogue very well. So he's perfect for that. But I had no idea Ari was the DP on this movie. That mm-hmm. is yep. amazing. Perfect matchup. That's so incredible. Wow. Yeah. And also Jacob, this is not a movie I expected you to like be really high on. So hearing you like actively. Oh, it, no, I, so. I really, I, I did. I will say I had to sit after and I had to like make sure Nicole liked it before I could say that I liked it. I was like, what did you think? And he was like, you go first. So you know, like movies that have like her core men and then literary adaptations, but specifically like British or Irish or Mm -hmm. like, like any of like the Swedes, Norway, like any of those, Mm -hmm. like, I'm like, okay, if Nicole likes it, it's good. If she doesn't like, it's bad. It's really bad. Jacob literally was like period drama girly. You go first. (laughs) Otherwise, he was going to bite his tongue and not review it on Letterboxd, like, the works. (laughs) Eric and I were talking about, we were like, yeah, Nicole, if it has period accurate hair and clothing, she's all for it. (laughs) It's true, though. Um, And, God, the costumes and the hair and makeup in this are so perfectly accurate that I was, like, scree- I was literally Mm -hmm. having to, like, hold myself in my chair. Um, Yeah, I I lose it over a Victorian hairstyle. Um, okay. All right, on to your number two, which My I'm, number two. I'm actually interested for this one. Yeah, and I'm sorry because I know that I'm stealing your number one, Jacob. Oh, wait, no, it's not going to be my number one, but I know oh. which one you're stealing. Yeah. Okay. Um, I thought it was your number one still. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's After Sun. No. I was so blown away by this movie. And it was like going into tip one of my most anticipated because obviously I love Paul Mescal. Um, stay tuned, keep an eye out on Awards Watch because I have an interview with him coming. Um, he was really lovely and getting to hear him and Charlotte Wells talk about the film, like made it even can, more incredible. Can you and talk I talk about the setting of the interview for a second though. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, the text that I got from this, from Eric and Nicole were- um, First of all, it should be said the interview took place at a restaurant a couple of blocks from our hotel and Eric Anderson walked me to it and then introduced me to Paul personally um, after they caught up and chatted, um, which was lovely. Paul looked great. Um, he was wearing a white tank top and a like black <laughs> button down left open. Um, I was like, it's funny that you think I'm going to ask you coherent questions while you're wearing that. Uh- <laughs> Uh, but he was so lovely and soft-spoken and like always deferring to um, his director, Charlotte. And uh, Anderson is a really, really special film in that I'm a sucker for anything that sort of is about a relationship between a child and like an adult in their life. Um, like Come On, Come On last year was one of my favorites. Um, in our interview, Paul also talked about being inspired by Come On, Come On in his uh, performance. Um, but it, it is about this very young father and his his daughter being on this vacation. And first of all, Frankie Corio, who plays Sophie, is incredible. She's such a naturally gifted child performer. It's her first role. And she and Paul have such beautiful connection between the two of them. But it's also sort of about memory and looking back and the idea of, as a child, you don't know what your parents are actually going through and you don't really know who they are. And about like, you know, 
depression and mental illness and sort of the ways in which we hide things from the children in our lives and it this truly like I'll really have fun with it like this sounds yeah like I will just absolutely as a mother who has really bad depression it sounds like I'll have yep. a great great time truly this like this was the one movie <laughs> this was the one movie yeah where at the end and I, I was I was crying through other ones like uh, I'm a baby I guess but this was the one movie where at the end I was like <gasps> yeah, I literally like, heard him be put like put her arm around me and she was like holding me and then the the Q and A started and I was like okay okay it's not real it's over he's, he's literally here. was overly aware of the fact that like Paul could see me crying like. yeah because we were right in the yeah. middle so this was the yeah. one movie that really like really got me like yeah it just also like Kinsey I really think it's gonna hit you hard as someone who like it really took me back to obviously it's a slightly different thing but like when I was in high school and dealing with mental health issues and trying to keep that from my much younger sister um and it's done so it's really is this like master class and the whole idea of showing not telling because because of the nature of it and because it's so much of it is just the two of them like he never has any dialogue scenes in which he is able to express all of this really. Like a lot of it's just him like in these moments alone that he gets letting it all show in his like body language and his facial expressions. And like Paul Mescal, the man of Tiff. Um, so good. Yeah. I'm so excited for him that he got to go because it premiered at Cannes, right? Mm-hmm. So like it did. Because, and then it went to Telluride. Because and I know like to... um the Sorry, I'm blanking on the name. The Hulu show, Normal People, Normal people really yeah. like prominent. What came out during COVID, so I feel like he didn't get to do a lot of in person events. So him like literally going to every festival is so thrilling because I'm like, okay, getting and- that like here I yeah. am, but he's really famous all of a sudden. But I feel like that also must be like really like intense for him yes. to deal with. He but- and Charlotte were talking about that in our interview, and they were talking about how like they're so grateful to have this opportunity and they're like riding it out and they both were so humble about it but I was like y'all you've gotten like good reactions at like three every festival every continent (laughs) it's still like Metacritic wise like top three from like the festivals um, not just because of the comparisons and like the kind of like because I watched come on come on when my daughter was first born and that just destroyed me emotionally but like the same thing in a sense where it's like dealing with like something with children and it's a24 i'm like please do not pull a come on come on a24 they have too much on their plate we need we need yeah just let me help let let yeah. us help like <laughs> it's, it's that adriano Jacob for the whale you guys can run paul's <laughs> campaign like I there's too much going on. They need more help. They need us. In fairness, in fairness, uh, there are two movies: The Whale and Everything Everywhere. Kind of campaigns themselves at this point. Yes, yeah, so they can the put money, money on After yep. Sun. Just pick. They're clearly it. spending the money put it, taking it everywhere. Exactly. Yeah. I don't. Like, I, I hate to be the uh, pessimist, and I love the After Sun, but I wouldn't hold out hope. They they were clearly throwing money. They had a lovely spread of sandwiches and teas and all sorts of things at this. Uh, of course, they had tea spot. for you. They knew you were coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the Independent Spirit Awards will. Yes, yes. yes. Nominate yes. Frankie Corio, please. Give her the win. Please give like, her the I win. I know Michelle Yeoh is going to win, but give it to Frankie Corio instead. 
Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, I love that this is so high on like a lot of people's lists just because I there were like people I expected like Nicole to like love this movie <laughs> but like I feel like a lot of people I didn't expect to not only love it but had a similar reaction as Jacob where it like really like emotionally disrupted their existence but Paul I'm keeps not, doing I'm it. Not I'm speaking I, for you. Jacob's gonna I sue Paul. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Emotional distress. You, you know, it could probably <laughs> be a class action suit. Like, I'm sure you post this on Twitter, people will come and join you. Yes. Um, I um no, I truly was worried we weren't gonna be able to get Jake out of that theater. <laughs> you're like, you gotta go see something even more depressing after this. Let's go. Um I did. Can... That was my that was my like massive. I think I saw the whale like either before or right after it no Which I saw it? two things before I saw the whale two things before but I did yeah. get to go see decision to leave after so yeah oh that was that day what was it oh I I went from was it all quiet Jacob that I went straight yes. from that to after sun you and I yeah. went from the whale to um you went to all quiet I went to empire and then after yeah. sun yeah that yeah. day which sounds which I know and I saw empire before the whale that morning yeah that was my oh. five movie day which did not end well oh and i saw something that morning that i will we'll talk about it in a minute i yep. know yeah i know oh god i was it's, like i'll um, let you is that right. anything we, to do with I, my name we have to get to that we have to. all right yep. yes all right okay what is and then number one? my number one um is the thing that was my number one most anticipated at the festival, and it didn't disappoint me, uh, which was great to see, which is um, Frances O'Connor's Emily, which is no, the it's Emily Bronte. actually Oliver Jackson Cohen's <laughs> Listen. No, it's, it's Emma Matthews. Jacob uh, sent me a beautiful photo of, like, the cast, and all yeah. I was like is, like, can you zoom in on his outfit? Because that is the way all men should dress. Like, there is no reason that any man should not dress like that um Emily is incredible it is everything I could ever want from an Emily Bronte biopic it like is so deliciously funny and witty but also very atmospheric it's so full of the kind of passion that you would need in a movie about the woman who wrote Wuthering Heights it deals with sort of being a creative and feeling like you don't fit and sibling dynamics and, and family expectations and all these things. The production design and costume design and hair and makeup are gorgeous. Um, Emma Mackey is outstanding. She, I suspect she will probably be in my lead actress personal ballot all year long. Um, the whole supporting cast is great. It has one of the hottest sex scenes I've seen in a long time. Uh, and it also has an incredible opium sequence that I was living for. Um, opium movies in my are a thing this year apparently, and and I'm yeah. all here for it. Uh, but yeah, I was I was really happy, and it's also an incredibly impressive directorial debut. Um, so well done to to Francis O'Connor. Yeah. So my number two and number three and number five have been taken <laughs> so my new number three is broker the movie <sighs> i cried the second most to um it's just gorgeously made with a very american feel to it in terms of the storytelling and the score the score feels very like indie um like drives a van down the street and plays a guitar kind of score. Um, 
but I absolutely loved it. Um, I thought Song Kang Ho was really good. Uh, I don't think he's going to be an Oscar nominee, but I thought he was still really good. And I thought just the movie as a whole was really sweet and really tender and really honest. Um, and for that being my first Karina movie, I loved it. Um, my whoa, new number. Whoa, 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 whoa. First? Yeah. I haven't seen Choplifters yet. We're going to have a long discussion. <laughs> Perfect. Um, my new number two uh, is now The Fablemans, which, again, as I said earlier, I absolutely adored. Um, I was living for all of the self-indulgent uh, moments that Spielberg put in there. Um, people are might not like it. I was all for it. I think he's earned that right. Um, and it's just very my speed. It's a coming of age story. It's, you know, a personal journey. It's everything that I could have ever wanted. And it's about movies. Michelle Williams is unbelievable. Um, probably up there with Brendan as like the most likely to win the Oscar this year. Um, and then Paul Dano is also just absolutely phenomenal as well. Um, Judd Hirsch is really good, but guys, he was in one scene, so let's yeah, not, not throw him. Folks. Let's not throw him in over people like Paul Dano just yet. Um, and my new number one, which I'm surprised that uh, Nicole didn't know this, because we saw it at about ten o'clock at night. And oh, we okay. randomly got seated next to each other. Yep. No, and no. even though she was drifting off to sleep a little bit, sorry Stop. to call you out. Um, <laughs> I was like, I was like hands on the, the seat in front of me, like super into it. Decision to leave yes. might be one of my favorite directing and most just ingenious and stunning, like, what Park Chan Wook does here is so unlike anything I've ever seen to the point where it's like you get shots from like inside of people's bodies that aren't, you know, blonde level that are actually good. <laughs> um, and uh, it's, you get, it's not like cherry either. It's fine. <laughs> no, yeah. It's they, they stand They're fine tasteful, line. I swear. They're actually tasteful. Um, and they work so well. He does so many shots from like inside of the phone screen, like putting you in actually in the movie. Um, I will say here, because even, you know, even Park Chan-wook came out and said it, it is such a two act movie where it's like the first act is one movie basically on its own. And the second act is a whole nother movie. And let me just tell you, he has one of my, it's giving me chills thinking about it. Um, one of my favorite lines of the whole movie and one of my favorite moments and scenes of like the entire year I think it's it's such a thrilling like revenge story almost but it's also like one of the most beautiful love stories I've seen in quite some time um Decision to Leave is a movie that should not have worked no it's 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 very much like and not to keep it in South Korea but it's very much like a parasite in that like there are so many genres just thrown together in such an artistic and like ingenious way that like you're right like this it shouldn't it shouldn't have worked in any form or fashion like it 
like watching this movie, it should have been, it should have clashed. It shouldn't have mended as well as it did, but it's, it was so beautiful and so like thrilling and stunning. And I just, I, I love it so much and I can't wait to see it again, but that's, that's my number one. I would um, like to say really fast <laughs> that me falling asleep in it literally says nothing about the movie itself. I would. No, yeah, it was, it was like, it was, yeah. that's what I was trying to get. It was super late. The movie didn't end. It was very time. late. I was emotionally spent because All Quiet and After Sun literally took everything out of me. Um, but I'm really looking forward to seeing this again when I can like actually have emotional bandwidth and enough sleep. To process. turns out also if you're gonna see a movie with a complicated plot you should probably be working with more than like four hours of sleep yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> let's get through the bottom three a little quick um there's only one movie we really need to like talk long about yep. um <laughs> so i'll let nicole go first what are your bottom three Okay, my bottom three, um, my bottom one, and it's not even that I hated this movie. It also should be noted, I did not see the sun. I purposely didn't go. Um, oh, you made a good it was terrible. Yeah, I saw Raymond and Ray instead, which I highly recommend. It was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, especially compared to what I've heard about the sun. Uh, I saw The Hotel, which is a, I think, Chinese movie, um, sort of like about being stuck in a hotel in quarantine for covid it has had some interesting concepts it didn't really play any of them out all the way um it was fine my second from the bottom is the good nurse um okay that's my third from the bottom that's my, yeah I, that's my bottom three i liked it i listen jessica Wait, chastain can... innocent as yes. always eddie redmayne actually one of one of his better performances i think Un- until um, until Okay, I know you hated it once he did that one thing, but it actually, and it's a fascinating story that it's based on, but the movie is so boring (laughs) for like whole sections of it. It's too long for what it is. Um, And I hate hate using, I hate using boring as like an analogy, but it is like, there are five (laughs) minutes, like no joke, five minute scenes where it's like shot reverse shot at like a diner. With no words. Do no you words. think they leaned into it being like, like trying so hard not to be like a lifetime crime movie that maybe it just started to fall flat and be boring because they were so focused on it not they, being cheesy? Because I think they tried to go too, too dark and too mm-hmm. like, too mm-hmm. into like, into like the, the, brutality not the brutality but like the skill and the like like a darkness of what he was doing um which like this is this comes as no like spoiler or anything he never gives reason for why he did it um and it says that at the very end so it's it's one of those things that like i feel like they tried to lean too much into the dark side of it and didn't try Mm -hmm. to pull anything that was like at least in my opinion that was worth like holding on to out of it I also, I really like the critique that it's trying to make about how like it's the fault of the healthcare system and the hospital system that allowed something like this to happen. But I actually felt like they could have got a little bit harder on that than they did Mm -hmm. because it felt like at a certain point they kind of lost that. And I don't know, I was just, it felt very nothing to me. It's the kind of movie that like, I really don't think in like a month I'll even remember that I ever watched. Um, But Jessica Chastain, Innocent. 
Um, and then my third from the bottom is actually The Lost King, I'm sorry to say, which is a fine movie. It's fine. Yeah. Sally Hawkins is fine. Um, Stephen Frears' work on it is fine. It's frustrating in that there's very clearly like a better film somewhere in there. Um, but again, it ends up being kind of boring because it's so repetitive in what it's doing. And it also leaves out the most interesting part of this whole story of uh, King Richard III's body being found, which is that then like afterwards, um, the university sort of takes credit for it. And she ends up involved in this whole thing, trying to like get credit for her like achievement and for what she found. And it really doesn't go into any of that. It kind of like stops with them finding it. And it also has some sort of like fantastical elements every so often, but the rest of the film doesn't like match that. So they just always feel out of place. It was one of, it was probably my biggest disappointment of all of, of all of Tiff. And it's definitely the kind of film that like, if anyone was going to like this movie, it would have been me. So <laughs> definitely uh, not one that I liked. Um, okay, Adriano, here's what we're going to do. You give your three and two and I'll give yep. my three and two. I was doing we'll the exact same thing. We and then we'll just go. Together. <laughs> all right. So what's, what's, no, let's not say it like that. <laughs> all right. What's your three and two? I just realized what I just said um, in the context. Anyway, um, <laughs> number three. We, we all get to have one comment tonight where we say something that maybe we should Yeah, have. but mine's worse, though. <laughs> mine's I, might, I might go in harder. I'm sorry. We might get canceled after this one. After what I'm oh, gonna I, uh, well, we're going to be here for a solid tw- 12 hours. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're um, going to get a cease and desist. Yeah. Uh, Hugh Jackman's gonna knock on my door. <laughs> Listen, I I will personally Warren's fight Hugh Jackman. Crying. I so haven't even can... seen the movie, but I'm always Zim- like, Hugh Zim- Jackman. So what you're saying is we cannot use our Spectrum internet to book an Air Canada flight <laughs> to see Hugh Jackman. <laughs> We're <getting> exactly, sued. <laughs> We're getting individually sued. <laughs> All right, what's your, what's your three and two, and I'll name my three and two real um, quick. My number, number, my, my number three is uh, my policeman um this was a hard film for me to stay awake watching and i would like to say it's because i had a three hour sleep but i watched the menu a couple hours early and i was wide-eyed for that um yeah no my policeman was just melodramatic it was just super like trying so hard to be this like oscar-y kind of thing but in reality it's just so obvious and dull the cast is pretty good with one massive exception um emma corrin she's fantastic harry styles he tried his best and um can't can't give him shit for that even if he's a very bad actor and number two i am going with a movie called the end of sex it was a um which is like this sex comedy that uh i you know i was like hey that sounds like it sounds kind of funny oh i'll check it out and it was just kind of like just so awkward not like intentionally awkward it's just awkward pacing awkward line deliveries just not funny at all it's it was just it was pretty painful to get through it if i'm being honest but not not as painful as my number one which you know we'll get okay so yeah so my i'll just name my my three was the good nurse my two was roost um i have a lot of in defense of roost grace van grace innocent yeah grace (laughs) innocent um everyone else in the movie what are you doing um, I want Walking Phoenix to sit his sister down and be like, please, 
never do this again. You're embarrassing um, us. I also, it's so funny because we saw it on IMAX and it's so soap opera like esque shot yeah. that like it just absolutely inflated everything. One of the most insane stories of any TIFF movie yes. this year. Um, but like, I'll give you that. that like, I, <laughs> I'm like, Listen, Robert, what is your daughter doing? We were on the edge of our seats the whole time, though. You have to give it that. It was never yes. boring. I, <laughs> me, me, Nicole, and Jillian were sitting next to each other, and we just started belting laughing at times. Um, but okay, so the number one worst film of Tiff, definitively with no option, is yeah. Florian Zeller's follow-up to his masterpiece, The Father, with one of the worst movies I've seen in like the last 10 years, like yeah. very genuinely. One of the most um, misguided, manipulative sacks of shit I've seen in forever. It, including and not limited to um, three scenes in a row that just like are just like happy, sad, happy, sad, happy, sad. Um <laughs> It's, it's so embarrassing. Some of some of the most like some of the worst performances I've ever seen. Um, Zimograph, I look, I'm so sorry. I give you a lot of shit. I probably couldn't do better. I mean, I've I've had emotions before, so I could probably do better, but um I can do better look, than what looks like a CGI character. Have have a great career, please, with something, but like not this. Not uh, this. It, and you honestly, know, if you know, I, and in, in quick defense of Zen, I don't think it's a hundred percent on him because I think his character was just so poorly written by Florian. There's there's multiple scenes where they talk about how he's been skipping school and they say, What are you doing? And he says, Oh, I've just been walking. And they're like, Wait, where are you walking? Around. That's the entire thing. Um, the one of the worst and most misguided scripts I've ever seen. I don't know yeah. what Florian Zeller is thinking. He yeah. heat checked too hard and ended up pulling up from another arena rather than just doing what he knew how to do. Yeah. Um, just baffling. <laughs> Laura Dern, give us nothing. Um, so the, miscast. The, the definitive and i cannot say this like any stronger the worst performance she's ever given but i yeah. will defend she was in her. jurassic world a couple months ago i will defend her in the fact that like i think i truly think a lot of people signed on because they saw the father and then oh, read totally. the script and then after they read the script they were like oh this is what the movie is oh, uh, no. hugh jackman <laughs> tries to act for every person in the movie <sighs> And he, like, he'll see Zen giving him nothing, like, standing there like a fucking paper bag. And he'll, like, just start, like, overacting. It's, like, he, literally are, the greatest show. There are several then. moments where Hugh Jackman is, you can literally see him on his knees begging for an Oscar. It is embarrassing. But, Vanessa Kirby doesn't know what she's doing there. She actually okay, gives, like, up. the best. No, she gives the best performance. But, like, she gives the best performance because she's so far removed from that family in general. That she's like, what? What the fuck are y'all doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you doing? Um, so, even the Anthony Hopkins scene is like, I watched Succession one time, and now I'm just gonna be Brit Brian Cox. Oh, there was no reason for that scene to be in there other than for Florian to hang out with Anthony. Like, it oh, was, absolutely, it's, it's so it's, insane. It makes no sense. There's okay. There's this scene. <laughs> there, there's this scene. 
where it's shot in also some horrible cinematography i have to say yeah i don't know what florian was thinking with some of these cinematography choices it was so bizarre it's shot in a way where this intern walks into hugh jackman's office and he's this like young french intern like new kid wearing like full full suit everything hugh jackman like chases him down to an elevator and like even even Eric Anderson and I were talking about, like, you think he's going to sit there and just fuck him. Like, you think, like, they're going to, like, just start going at it. And you find out 15 minutes later that he was so, like, eager to meet this intern and talk to him because he wanted to buy his son the same blazer for a party that his son was lying about going to. There is a scene. It's so bad. There's, there's a scene. I don't care if I'm spoiling the movie. It doesn't deserve to be seen. Yeah, there's a scene where Vanessa Kirby puts the baby to bed because her and Hugh Jackman have a baby now. puts the baby to bed, closes the sliding door. That they just they go the in a shouting match, like turns turns the volume up to at least like sixty on the dial. They start dancing. The song. Oh my god! Without anything changes. Like the actual song that is playing changes. She turns it up to even more to about ninety. And then all of a sudden, they're in slow motion, score drop, pan over to Zim McGrath, who's just standing. He's like a statue. He looks like a Roblox character. It's like, what was, like, I want to know what Florian was going through when he wrote that scene. No, he he was doing a good job. I can't imagine. I cannot imagine. Florian watched the edits of the ending and he sat there and said, I fucking got him. This is the, this is the equivalent. I nailed it. Oh. This is the equivalent of Matthew Morrison and Glee. Okay, I was gonna ask that because the way you're describing it is very uh, Mr. Shu. Um, yes, <laughs> but it's like so because so the way I actually because I didn't want to tell my friend the ending, but she wanted to know why it was so like everyone was just losing their mind over how much they hated it, and I I think I texted y'all this, but like. I did not expect the most divisive movie of Tiff. Like, I did not expect the mother of Tiff to be the son. Mm-hmm. Like, it just seemed like a little family drama. We all made that joke when that still came out of the three oh, of them. Oh, and then what we were happens like, after the still? Is well, like, okay, so we oh all my, made the it's joke. the worst thing. We were like, oh, look, a cute family comedy warm movie. Because we knew it was going to be like devastating, but we didn't know it was going to be like borderline like sociopath, like yeah. just like Sed- outright sadistic. <laughs> Literally, sadistic's the best way to describe it. But and I'm saying yeah, that, and I haven't even seen it. But just like it is, it is cruel. Like it is flat out cruel filmmaking in a way yeah. that I am embarrassed. I actually celebrated this man winning an Oscar. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. and I haven't even seen it. I'm done with this guy. Like, I'm already done with this fucking guy. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not watching the mother. The daughter. The, I don't know what other the fuck holy st- the, fuck the house of me. Gucci. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Orion Zeller ter- directing House of Gucci sounds like my hell. Genuinely. I am terrified for whatever Holy Spirit is. My God. Um, 
yeah the ending of this movie i'm not joking i sprinted out the theater i was like this i i because i was at the premiere i'm like if florian walks on that stage i might literally just pile drive little fucker like (laughs) because i read that none of them came out but they were all there they were there that's what that's where things get dicey because do you think they saw the audience response and they were like no like they like, were there to know Hugh Jackman was afraid people would throw tomatoes at him. Do you know what's so funny I would have. is that it was, it was validated fear. <laughs> I went to a um early like um screening of prisoners and people just like sunk into their seats at the end. But I'm like, it's not the same thing. It's because prisoners was so emotionally like disturbing, but it didn't yeah. feel like it was exploiting its audience. Yeah. And it didn't feel like it was getting like kicks off of what it was doing to the audience but like we were all sitting there in silence because we were just like oh my god what a horrible thing that happened to this character whereas Mm -hmm. the way everyone has described the sun is like it's a horrible thing that happened to the audience like no it it would be it would be be if we were paul dano in the shower and hugh jackman just kept turning the shower on (laughs) Like the son, honestly, the father, it was like actually emotionally devastating because it was well written. Whereas this movie, it just felt like Florian was pushing buttons. Like, you know what it's, I mean? Like, no, it, it, it's, it's, it's make top, us sad. It's top to bottom. Like, it literally is like Laura Dern gives no performance, Zen gives no performance. Hugh Jackman, well, I'm, I'm from theater. I have to overperform. I'm crying now. Like that is, isn't that just huge? Okay, like me and Nicole are very (laughs) big. Me and Nicole are like huge. Like Hugh Jackman doesn't work for us people. I don't like either. Yeah, so like prisoners is my. I haven't seen Logan. Oh, I think you know what I will defend him in Peyton Leopold. <gasps> good, 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 good performance. Yeah. Good one. Um, Stay in like superhero rom coms. Hugh Jackman, stop trying to do dramatic acting. It's not. But working. he's so good in Prisoners that when mm-hmm. I saw Prisoners, I was like, maybe he's a good actor, and I haven't been giving him a chance. And he's and good then, in Logan. Like he's good in Logan too. Like he knows, when like, he can he get over it. trying to make something the Hugh Jackman show, he can actually give a good performance. Yeah. Ah. So that's, he that's the up, thing. I think he did this on, I think he did it like because none of his co-stars were doing anything. Like he couldn't <laughs> act against literally anything. So like, who, and yet Jessica Chastain was. Who was that fault then? Is it just Florian Zeller? Or I think like, I'll, everything I blame on, I, I don't the think casting really, I blame directly on Florian. <laughs> oh no, it's, it's, it's the script. It's like, it's yeah. the script and not. It's the script it, and his direction. I think Florian it, just and whoever cast everything. Like yeah, I think he took everything <laughs> that was so amazing about the father and just like, you know what? I'm going to do the opposite of that. Wait, how old is this kid? He's 20. I think he's like 20. Is whoever came across that videotape of him sending in his self-tape and decided that this should be it. But like, even the teaser Wait. trailer, I felt like it was really weird. Like, yeah. I don't know what Yeah, the teaser, funny. I feel like a lot of us are too dismissive of the teaser. The, right? scene, the, the scene. trailer and the casting was just weird for me, like, even without seeing it. And then, like, once I hear the reaction, like, I, don't, I told everyone about work. I said, didn't see the movie, but this is going to be the worst movie you see all year. No, Blonde. Like, wow. Blonde. The, no, blonde scene, the, scene from, the scene from the trailer where Laura Dern is talking to Hugh Jackman in, like, the hallway, and she's like, he's not right, or something like that. That's her tone the entire movie. It never yeah. wants really to. weird. And it's like, laughable. It's from laughable. Like, Listen, my, anything. 
my mother, Laura Dern, showed up. She said, oh, this isn't going to be good, but I am going to get a paycheck. Yes. And she put in minimal effort, and I respect it. <laughs> yes. No, it's, it, it's the most, for so many movies, at TIFF especially, especially After Sun, which does, like, everything the sun wants to do, but better, um, that deal with, like, depression and mental illnesses and stuff like that, to have something like this... It, the exact opposite of what Nicole was saying about the show don't tell. This is like all tell, no show. Yeah. Um, and it's his whole, like, he says his reasoning for having depression is because his parents got divorced when he was eight. Um, but then it never really expands into anything else. And then Hugh Jackman just screams at him because he's like, well, why are you sad? You're going to parties and you're going to school. And he's like, I haven't been going to school. I've been walking. Um, I'm just, I'm so over the moon, just like, horrific. what, what, what is it? It's, it's not only bad. It was one of the things where if the ending wasn't what it was, I could have given it not a pass at all, but I would have been like, like, I I wouldn't be going as hard on it. You know what I mean? Like, I would be like, this is a bad movie, but like people make bad movies. But, like, the fact that, like, the acting, awful, the cinematography, awful. Even Hans Zimmer was like, I'm going to give so little to this movie. He did the score, right? This is worse score, hands down. He, he did the score, right? Oh, yeah, it was Hans. Okay, yeah. So, even Hans Zimmer was like, I'm, I just want an Oscar for doing, like, the most amount of work in my life. Uh, I'm going to give minimal effort and just throw in, like, stuff i had just sitting around that was um, the majority of the attitude was movie like yeah let's just get my trophy the only one that didn't do that the one that actually gave effort was kirby like genuinely yeah. and she gave she gave effort almost in this in the way of like she's like what like what is wrong with you people <laughs> like, that's um, kind of her character too that's just funny <laughs> oh god okay so just to move it on from from that um that i fun. will i will get to Kinsey really quick because I know she's gonna have to run um what after all of this tell us some of your most anticipated movies for the rest of the year well obviously the whale I'm a Darren Aronofsky defender um he's my favorite working director so just I personally thought that um the whale might overperform with response at Venice just because Venice is a more friendly venue for an Aronofsky film. And TIFF tends to be more, not just like general audience kind of vibes, but like more like Academy. People's choice. Yeah. Well, like more like the aligning with the Academy, old voters of the Academy Mm -hmm. body. Um, So I was kind of like waiting on like a flip for the whale where people were like, no, this isn't an Aronofsky movie. Like it's not, it's not as great as everyone's saying. Um, So the fact that that came out like pretty much not unscathed, but like pretty safe, like people really seem to like it more than I expected. Um, All Quiet, I was always excited for, but it wasn't like top of my list um, just because I got a little nervous about exactly how a german adaptation would be just like narrative wise um but i'm really like i can't explain how excited i am now Mm -hmm. um what else out of i don't know i mean i honestly 
I'm kind of like after sun. <laughs> after sun is just I don't know if I'm no, ready. You, you, I don't yeah, know if you I'm ready. Say, you should definitely see it at some point, but I would not see it in a theater, first off. Yeah. I'd see it at home. And I would see it with like everyone you love around. See it with like I, everyone who loves you. I'm just very nervous. We'll we'll watch it together over Skype. How's that? Yeah. That's yes. like I so just I'm on deck. <laughs> I like come on, come on, really like messed me up. And like I personally have really had a hard time with like things with pregnancy and things with babies just because like it happened to me. So it's very like hard to watch. Um, I'm still not that excited for the Fablemans. I'm not gonna lie. Like I have defended Spielberg more so in his later years versus other people. Like I really like the post. I just I don't know. But I'm not a big West Side Story person, though. I should clarify that did not. That was not a movie for me. I was feeling the same way as you, and it was only whenever I heard Kevin Lee talking about it, who similarly to both of us was like not looking forward to it per se, um, but then was really blown away by it that I was like, oh, okay, maybe I I do want to see it. (laughs) I'm definitely seeing it the first chance I get, but I'm just like not excited about Mm -hmm. seeing it, but I'm also like not going into it. I never, I, other than Blonde, I never go into a movie (laughs) with negative expectations, um, but and Amsterdam. My, I'm not even gonna see that. No, that's not that's even not real. real. That's let's be real. Well, that that fake movie uh, just got some reactions out. Yep, I heard before. Yeah, fake like, reactions. I heard. Fake news. I heard <laughs> last week that it was terrible, but yeah, um, the reactions are just wild, and I I love that to date, John David Washington's best on screen chemistry is with Robert Pattinson still um but oh. he, deserves, he he deserves better he needs a new casting agent like stuff mm-hmm. um but i am still most excited for women talking i just think nice. sarah polly is like the perfect matchup for this material and i just can't wait to see it and i think i don't even i i don't like calling anything like a front runner just because of that front runner status and like what it does to a movie But I just think like there's nothing more timely. And especially, honestly, after watching Blonde, I am in need of a movie that has women like writing and directing movies about what happens to women's bodies. Like, I don't need a man's perspective. I'm sorry. Um, But I'm excited for Glass Onion. I am trying to not like overhype it in my mind, though, just because I'm I saw Knives Out very early. Like I saw like a month before it came out and like I didn't have to listen to a bunch of people talk about how it was so great. And I just like really enjoyed the surprise of all that. And I am just like scared as time goes on for Knives Out that like, or Glass Onion that like, not that things will get spoiled, but that it'll just get like too overhyped because the same thing happened to me with everything everywhere that I spent like, too long people hyping it up and then by the time I saw it I did not feel like it was the greatest movie ever made so I'm trying to like stay on a line with Glass Onion but oh and I'm also really excited for Weird I didn't Mm -hmm. anticipate that but everyone seemed to like just love it so much that I am thrilled and then Decision to Leave and The Menu are like top contenders for me in general before the response but I 
decision to leave just seems like right up my alley and I've continued to avoid all trailers. So that's very thrilling. But the menu, I just know too many people have seen it, but Hong Chao Supremacy for the rest of the year is the vibes I'm going for. So I'm excited to see that, but I'm seeing it. I got a bunch of tickets to Beyond Fest. I'm seeing that and Triangle of Sadness and the world premiere of Halloween Ends, which is obviously not an Oscar contender, but I'm very excited for that. Um, let's let's get let's get Jamie Lee Curtis in the Oscar conversation for Halloween Ends. Um, Didn't they try to do that for the last one, and then she was just in bed the whole movie? Uh, somebody tried. I won't. Somebody name. tried, and we won't name names because. Um, <laughs> Let's just say they had a really, really stupid take the other day. One of their, they, they, they always do, but um, <laughs> one specifically bad one. I, I'm really embarrassed to even be talking about this for so many <laughs> Look, but, we've already we've already put ourselves at risk of too many season desist letters. Too many, too many. Real take on Air Canada using Spectrum Wi-Fi will say yeah. it's a huge. <laughs> <laughs> but Hugh Jackman's my favorite Asian actor, so I feel like it's fine. <laughs> so, um, Jillian, Jillian, what are you inside? Um, are these just like films out of TIFF that we're excited? Uh, yeah. Okay. Primarily, um, like, yeah. I think decision to leave I'm excited about I think that's probably like my most anticipated based on everyone um talking about it because park love park and I definitely think that's going to be like the drive my car parasite of the year hoping it breaks in um definitely all quiet because I remember I watched the original in my AP Euro class when I was in 10th grade and that was very traumatizing and I used to really like, I'm not in a bad way of like liking war movies, but like the commentary on them, I think is very interesting, especially World War One from like a German perspective. Um, and I also loved like 1917. So I like that the direction we're going in with like war movies is like anti-war. So very excited. Um, Triangle of Sadness, probably one of my most anticipated films of the year. I love anything that has commentary on like social class structures and hierarchies. Um, so I studied international politics and econ- economy. So that's like my favorite. Um, women Talking. I kind of want to read the book, but I don't, don't think I'm going to be able to do it before the movie comes out because they bought all the books for the other movies and that seems like a, a trek. Um, but really excited to see like just you know women um, talking and Glass Onion like Kenzie I did see Knives Out early so it was like I kind of liked the conversation like not being like directly in the conversation about it like seeing it before um, and I love Daniel Craig in that role like that's like my favorite role of his other than the girl with the dragon tattoo um, so really excited to see him again in that character like I kind of want him to win an academy award for it and I just love his accent um and that cast like that casting director knew what they were doing compared to the sun obviously no the casting they know more than what you think yeah the casting casting was like too perfect yeah and so like even when they're announcing that cast I was like oh my gosh like everything um after sun um 
that one was not on my radar, but like hearing the group talk about it, like definitely one I want to check out. And then the menu, I have seen it and I also did read the script, but I want to see it again um, because it just, that was one where it's like, I don't, I feel like there's movies that come out where they try to be deep and like have so many things to say, but I do feel like the menu has a lot to dissect and discuss about, but I would love to see it again. Um, and then Banshees, I'm excited to see that. I'm seeing it oh. at Beyond Fest, which I'm excited about, that and Holy Spider. So I'm excited about those two. Actually, Just, no one yeah. no one brought up Banshees. Ban- Banshees is it. a, it's a fucking good time. It's a fucking good, good time. Yeah. <laughs> and Nicole and the Irish. Yeah. <laughs> I was living my best life. <laughs> the best there's a, there's a line from um Banshees that actually talks about depression that is the best way to describe the sun. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, oh you're talking about fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um the, they'll see it, they'll see it when the movie comes out, but it's like the best way to describe the sun. Yep. Um but awesome. Yeah. Is there anything else uh, you have, Jillian? Oh, no, that's it. I feel like that's okay. my lineup other than Babylon and Tar, are like the most that I'm excited for. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's go with, I'll start with Adriano. Give us your biggest surprise and biggest disappointment of, um, of the festival. Uh, biggest disappointment was with that question. The sun. <laughs> I, you know, I've that wasn't was... that wasn't the sun. Oh, oh shit! <laughs> biggest disappointment. That's a good question. Um, no, I'll say Wendell and Wild for biggest mm-hmm. disappointment. I was, you know, I I heard mixed things already, but I, you know, go before that, I was like, oh, looks like a fun stop motion animated movie. I love Key and Peele, so this could be fun. And it was, this, you know, it. Very entertaining and very beautiful animation, but story was just kind of nonsense. Look, um, as a as a Pinocchio girly, I have to say that makes me a little happy. <laughs> They're not going to fight. <laughs> um, and then most surprising, I first. Yeah, I got to think on that one. Now, Rosa, you expected. No, I thought you. I thought you froze. I'll do mine because I know both of mine. Um, my biggest disappointment um, is easily, and this is a movie that I actually still liked. Uh, I still liked because of the aesthetic and because of what was around it, um, the filmmaking aspect of it, and everything like that. But my biggest disappointment was Empire of Light. I was um, gonna say that too. Mm-hmm. I. I think there's so much good movie and if it would have focused its thoughts on like film and how cinema like can do the same things that everyone else is talking about but if it would have been from Sam Mendes's point of view and and just a more focused story I really think with all of the crafts being as strong as they were it could have been like one of the greats Potentially, I think one of one of my favorite scores of the year, um, which mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. so easy, given that Soul is one of my favorite scores of all time, and it's basically Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross just doing the exact same thing, but twisted a little bit. Um, 
I love, love Olivia Coleman's performance, giving the best line reading that we'll ever, <laughs> ever have. Yes. Um, and if, if that's not her Oscar clip, which I know it won't be, um, <laughs> I will riot. So I'm just going to riot it anyways. Be. Oh, it, I don't even care if they bleep it out. It has, like, it's, <laughs> it's the best line of the whole movie. It is, it is. Um, it almost redeems the rest of the script. <laughs> I think Roger Deakins' cinematography is gorgeous. I think his, there's such a beautiful like parallel between the beginning and going through the theater that like, as someone who just like quit their job at a theater, it really affected me emotionally. And then what should have been the ending um, was another beautiful scene of like, basically turning on the lights and getting to the theater and then, you know, what should have been the ending was turning off the lights and everything like that. But then they go on for another 15 minutes about a, the side plot that makes no sense. Um, if I think if Sam Mendes was like, let's not focus on racial tensions, maybe it could have been better. Um, maybe. But I'm also not sure he knew exactly what he was trying to say about mental health. No, um. I don't. I don't either. <laughs> um, it's 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 a it's a it's a fascinating movie and it's some of the best crafts i'll see it's it's one of those things that like if the sun was made to look and feel like this and at least one of them gave like a good performance i was like okay i could probably get like overlook the rest of it but um but yeah that's my easily my biggest disappointment um and my biggest surprise that isn't um isn't something we've already mentioned is probably the woman king which i went in and thought oh no, says, um i went in and thought <laughs> thought that it was going to be good um i didn't have any like thoughts against it but really what we got was in from my point of view is the first non-ip all person of color all female led blockbuster like epic that is both insane action sequences great performances um a beautiful score beautiful costumes just like a beautifully told story top to bottom um for me i think that was one where i was going into it with you know it was one of the ones going into it that i was going to skip because it did come out you know during the festival um but i'm so glad that i saw it and i'm so glad that i took the time to see it because it was it was unbelievable now that i took I'm years just, what is yeah it? now that jacob literally took both my biggest disappointment and my biggest uh surprise i am gonna say real quick on the woman king that i was literally like bouncing in my seat for parts of it yeah it is Jacob knows. Um, but also because of the fact that I'm literally in a grad school class on the slave trade right now. And I had reading for the week that I saw it about the Dahomey kingdom and the way that this film reflects like all the nuance of conversations that scholars are having around like African culpability in the slave trade, I think is really impressive. And it's so well-directed. The script is so well-written and the way that it crafts these characters uh, and, and the way that it is telling a inherently very female story, I think is fantastic. Like it's a, it's a 
you know, it's a war movie. It's got these big action scenes, but it's also a story about motherhood. And I think that's really, really special. It's actually my number four of the festival, but I will give other ones since Jacob took mine. Um, my biggest disappointment or one of them was Corsage. Uh, Corsage is very clearly trying to give the Spencer treatment to Empress Elizabeth of Austria and um, Vicky's really good in it. It has like some good moments, but I felt like it never actually came together to make the statement that it was trying to. And it, it just sort of felt meandering by the end of it. And I also feel like it missed out on using some more like actual historical information that would have proven the points it seemed like it was trying to make. My, one of my biggest surprises though, um, I am horrified to say that Catherine called birdie is an absolute delight of a movie um mm. i did not want to like it because of the lena dunham of it all but it's fantastic like it was so much more than i thought it was going to be obviously bella ramsey is um fantastic andrew scott gives one of my favorite supporting actor performances of the whole year he's so campy and fun but then also made me cry billy piper is fantastic in it um, Joe Alwyn with his long hair in it like Taylor Swift I understand now uh, the, really the whole cast is amazing it also has Dean Charles Chapman who is one of my favorite up-and-coming actors and we've not really seen him in much like since his year where he had um, 1917 and The King and oh my god what was up Springsteen movie I was gonna say don't forget Born to Run there we go um, but so it was really fun amazing. to see him like back in another role and and really funny like I was actually laughing out loud at some of his bits and it's it's a really lovely little piece and I um it's coming to Amazon I think not that long from now so like definitely worth checking out when it does even though I like it's not like I didn't want to like it but you know I don't want to be out here raving about Lena Dunham's work and yet here I am hey just like how Dune didn't have a director last year we can say this one didn't have a writer director. <laughs> Taylor Swift wrote and directed this movie. This is her directorial debut. Oh my god! Exactly, exactly. That's my um, other favorite thing. I saw it too. I saw Taylor. Um, yeah, which was um, super fun. So I, I did think of two answers to uh, surprising okay. since then. One of them is this is probably gonna give me some shit, but good nurse. I was surprised by it. I was, I was surprised, surprised by, by it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, okay. <laughs> I was surprised because I went in, I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, this looks like the biggest piece of dog shit I've ever seen. And then I went in, I was like, you know what? No, no, it was not perfect. It's not the biggest piece. <laughs> not the biggest. And I watched, I was like, no, this is not perfect. You know what? It's not bad either, in my opinion. I thought, you know, it definitely slow. Don't get me wrong. Its pacing is very bad. But it was definitely intriguing enough where I was pretty the bare minimum entertained. But the other answer I'll give is Sanctuary. I I went in with, you know, not a lot of expectations. I was really only, only going to go see it because of Margaret Qualley. And I was just captivated. I was like, what? This is the wildest thing I've seen. And I think of the festival, that might be actually the wildest thing I've seen in the festival. And it was just, it, it, it just like, every time something happens, like, I'm like, the next thing I'm on, after the next thing it all takes place in, in this one hotel room and every single time something happens you're just like wait tell me more right now and it's so insane and margaret qualley if people saw this movie she would be getting an oscar nom if people if anybody saw this movie yeah 
Well, I love it. That's awesome. Um, that is awesome. Yeah. So that was TIFF. That was our experience at TIFF. Um, is there anything, Adriano or Nicole, that you want to get out before we wrap it up? Go see uh, yeah. Wee. Uh, yeah, yeah. Fuck you. I was about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go see uh, Wee. I do intend on watching it for real. <laughs> Just because I kind of have to. Masterpiece Bulgari. Um, <laughs> Tim Hortons is as good as everyone makes it. Look, hey, all I'm going to say is if Taylor Swift can get a music video into best live action short, I don't see why Paolo Sorrentino can't because <laughs> in in the commercial, it says a film by Paolo Sorrentino. So it's well, not a commercial all, all, anymore. All the, all the Tiff commercials should get short film. <laughs> Look, I would support the, that. Uh, the RBC Pulp Fiction one was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, Yes. So, uh, so yeah. Anything else, Nicole? I I will say, re the Taylor Swift thing that the all too well ten minute video did look gorgeous on thirty five millimeter. Um, like that was part of why I went was because I just wanted to see it on the big screen, mm-hmm. and it was very cool to see it like with Sadie in the room. Um, and and I my favorite thing that Taylor shared though was that she was not going to make it if Sadie said no. Um. So I'm looking forward to when she has her directorial debut based on the movies that she talked about loving. There, I think there's a solid chance she tries to cast Adam Driver in a movie one day. And that I, I think, very I much think want to see. I was telling Eric, I think Paul's going to be her first go-to. Why would you put that thought in my head? <laughs> I, I, really think, I really think that like, I really think if she does it, Paul's going to be, because Paul is still going to be up and coming and all that, unless, you know, we and get it. And she's friends so we, with Phoebe. She's friends with Phoebe. Um, yeah. literally Joe and Paul are friends. So. Yeah. They were hanging out this past week. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah no, I will need a tranquilizer if that happens. <laughs> so. I was going to say the picture that sent Nicole into a frenzy. Um, <laughs> Listen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's fine. Yeah. No, I loved, I loved Tiff. I loved the city. Mm-hmm. I loved being there. Um, I didn't love the homeless man that screamed at me this morning, but. I love meeting Adriano. <laughs> yes, I lo- yeah, I love meeting Adriano. I love meeting um, all the people. Um, Adriano and I had our beer run for <laughs> the greatest ever. Not, the Peter no, Fairley's a liar. <laughs> I mentioned that like I showed up late, had to walk in and hopefully get a seat next to Adriano, and I was like, "All right, here we go." Popped him a beer. It was, it was a, it was a nine a.m. one that was that was very special that was definitely that was one of the wildest days i've had because it, it started with jacob and i drinking beers at nine in the morning <laughs> and it ended with with um, anna chasing a skunk after devotion yes it was the oh wow she said, oh wow she, she did her thing um <laughs> yeah che- cheers you... to uh to casa mezcal um i have to where I eric have anderson to... bought a shot <laughs> I have to apologize to everyone in this chat for all of my texts after the glass onion party. Nah, dude. Never apologize for those. I want to apologize. I want to apologize for not crashing the party. I was this close to doing it with Diego. I have. I have my little. Uh, I have my little. <laughs> Wait, did you bring the pillow back? Yeah, I do have the pillow. Um, I might have left it in my roommate's car, but okay. I do. I do have it still. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. What a time. What a time. Oh, it was a blast. Ed, first, Ed Norton, the- if you hear, if you listen to this, I'm sorry <laughs> that I make fun of you for not drinking. <laughs> You're mean. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, it, it was, it was a blast. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I, hopefully we get to do it again and hopefully we get to do it with Jillian and Kenzie and whoever else, Lexi and, and Lex all those and, people. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah it was a time um (laughs) but that is the roundup uh jillian where can people find you online um you can find me on twitter at jillian chili and you can find me on tiktok at off screen with jillian and nicole where can people find you you can find me on twitter instagram and letterboxd at nicole ackman 16 and I did finally update my letterbox with all my tough films. Amazing. Um, Adriana, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Adrian Caparoso. And you can also find my YouTube channel, which is just Adriano Caparoso, which will probably be in hiatus until my computer gets fixed. But, mm-hmm. you know, follow, subscribe anyway. Um, you can find Kinsey online at Kinsvenunu. Um, I know she will want me to say that she is still fighting for Austin Butler's Oscar nom, even though it's hopefully looking more and more likely um you could find i also do sorry i want to plug real quick once again kenzie has an incredible very hardly worked on hard that's not it hard worked on um review of blonde coming this week it is insane it's so good it sums up everything that i felt about the film like much better than i ever could have so just between her review of Blonde and my review of The Sun, which shouldn't come, which hopefully is coming soon to the site, our first official um, review, just straight bullying. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. And then you pair that with Lexi's review of Pinocchio. <laughs> well, I We're going to get a nice reputation. Review. I got a good review of Weird Up, is all I'm saying. Yeah, Jacob's I, nice I have a very nice review of Women Talking. We're on, only so. giving negative reviews on this platform. No <laughs> We're spreading. Jacob and I are going to balance out everyone else. So listen, Roast. just so I, just so everyone knows, Kenzie's review is not too long. It's a little over two thousand words, but listen, it's only thirteen minutes to it, read. It reads fast though. Like as someone who read it today, it flows. So yes. So uh, don't be scared about it. Read that more than you watch the movie. Um, but yes, that will be up sometime soon in the future we're trying to pick a day um you can find me on twitter at tbear57 letterbox at tbear57 i updated my letterbox the whole time because i want to be a letterbox influencer uh you can find the show online at oscars underscore central you can find us online at oscarscentral.com um and that is our tiff coverage we will be back next week I don't know what we're covering just yet, but I do know that we will be back. And until next time, that's the show.